Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. So who do you say Jesus is? Samuel Key is a pastor and author of Soul Tattoo, and he reflects on what Jesus said about himself. Yeah, and if we were hearing him uh, ourselves live, we would have the same reaction that his uh, followers had. Even his closest followers at that point would just cringe when they heard some of the things that he was saying. I'm thinking about John chapter 6, where uh, Jesus goes on and on and on about himself being the bread of life. Yeah. And he goes so far as to say that you have to eat him and drink him. And by the end of the chapter, he's literally saying, eat me and drink me. And his uh, disciples, a lot of them had enough. And it says that many of his followers left him because it was such a radical, uh, they were such radical statements. And then he turns to his uh, 12 closest followers, and he, and he says, do you want to leave me too? Yeah, right. Uh, it was perfectly okay for him uh, to be abandoned by everyone as far as he was concerned. He wasn't out to uh, make, make friends necessarily. And, and, and those 12 ended up saying, well, where else shall we go? Yeah. You have the words uh, of eternal life. But the leaders were kind of getting an idea that he was saying more than he was just a good teacher. Weren't they? Yeah, some of the crowd, some of the masses, the unlearned people, left probably because of, of just the, the gross reasons. Uh, but the leaders were starting to pick up on what he was saying. And so by uh, John chapter 11, when he uh, raises Lazarus from the dead, the leaders uh, realize that this is, uh, <laughs> this is someone who people are starting to follow and who is saying some pretty radical things about them, himself and they form a plan in John 11 uh, to arrest him and to put him to death. And you just don't put uh, uh, an ordinary teacher uh, to death like that. If he were just a good rabbi, because in those days uh, there, were, there were different schools of, of teaching and thought, and, and at, towards the beginning the, uh, the other religious leaders were trying to figure out what school of teaching Jesus came from, which school did he represent. And the more they listened to him, they realized that uh, he didn't—he he had his own thing going on, and, and he, he wasn't following uh, the normal teaching uh, school of thought, and that scared them. And earlier in, in John 3, one of those teachers um, from the Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin in those times was the—it uh, was like a, a Supreme Court uh, of the time, and one of the, the leading teachers of Israel, his name was Nicodemus, he um, came to Jesus at night, and he started to address Jesus as a rabbi, as a teacher. And he says to him, uh, Rabbi, we know that, uh, that you've come from God, you're a teacher from God, that's what he says, and or nobody can do the things and say the things that you're doing unless God is with him. And so Nicodemus is just assuming that Jesus is just another godly guy, God is with him, and he's, uh, he's a great teacher, yes, but he's nothing more than a teacher. That's how Nicodemus approaches him. Yeah. But Jesus doesn't allow that line of thought to continue, and he basically shuts down that, that line of reasoning, and he says right back to Nicodemus, truly, truly, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, Nicodemus was thinking, well, I just need a few more lessons to my spiritual resume. I just need to do a few more things. Uh, be a better person, and Jesus has something to offer me, something that I could bolster my spiritual resume with, and uh, then that'll ensure that I'll see the kingdom of God. 
But Jesus says, no, no, it's not about uh, doing things to get into the kingdom of God. You actually have to be born again. Yeah. Now, this is so shocking. Uh, we, we don't realize this. It's like going up to a, uh, uh, a professional baseball player, for instance, or a professional football player, and uh, saying, you have to start all over again <laughs> with, with your career, and you have to go back to the, the kid leagues uh, of, of your sport. Exactly. Or it's like saying to uh, a, an Oxford scholar, someone who's one of the smartest people on the planet who knows all these languages, and saying, you have to go learn your ABCs again. Yeah, go back to preschool. He's saying to Nicodemus, you have all these accomplishments, and they don't amount to anything. You have to start all over again. You have to be born again. And that's an impossible thing to do. And Nicodemus recognizes that, and he says, well, how can, how can anybody be born again? Yeah. Because nobody chose to be born the first time, and that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Jesus is saying, this is something that you cannot choose to do for yourself. Yeah. It has to happen to you. And Nicodemus, I'm sure, was like, uh, uh, how, can this, how can this be? Yeah. So ultimately, when Nicodemus um, presses him, uh, again, and says, how can these things be? Uh, Jesus tells him the way. He he says, as, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And he's referring to himself uh, being lifted up on the cross. And that's John 3.15. And then in the next verse, we have our famous verse, John 3.16, where Jesus says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Yes. So the way that we get to the kingdom of heaven, get eternal life, is not by earning it, not, not by doing things, not by adding things to our spiritual resume, but by believing in the Son. And the Son, belief in the Son will save us. And that's a radical teaching, very radical teaching. And it's such a relief. Absolutely, because how can you, how can you know if you've done enough? I remember sitting with uh, someone from another faith tradition, and uh, one of the main religions of the world, and uh, asking him, how can you be sure that you're going to go to heaven, that God will uh, allow you in? And he paused, and he thought about it, and he said, I just don't know. I can never be sure, uh, but I'll keep trying to do good things and and avoid doing bad things, and and hopefully he'll be merciful to me. And what's another example that you're going to share with us? All right. When Jesus was uh, talking with Pontius Pilate. He was being put on trial by Pilate. This is uh, at the end of John's Gospel in chapter 18, trying to uh, see if he's guilty, see see what his claims are. And Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, do you say this on your own, or did others tell it to you about me? And uh, Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your people handed you over to me. Uh, What have you done? And Jesus answers them. Uh, He says, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting uh, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. And and that is uh, such a radical statement. Here's a guy who's being uh, condemned to death, this Jesus, and uh, he has the nerve to say that he is a king, that he has a kingdom, and his kingdom is not of this world. Yeah, right. And I can only imagine what Pilate thought when he heard that. Yeah. Uh, and, and the proof that Jesus gives is, if it were of this world, then his servants would have been fighting for him. 
so he would have had his disciples come and uh, fight for him and fight for his kingdom. But Jesus actually stops anybody from fighting for him. And the reason is very significant. The reason is because since his kingdom is from another world, Jesus, the king, will fight for us. We don't have to fight for him, but he's going to fight for us. And that's that's exactly what he's doing uh, towards the end of John's Gospel when he goes to the cross. The cross is his throne, and he's going to claim his throne, and on the cross, that's where he fights for us. He fights for our salvation so that, so that we don't have to bear the, the penalty of our sins for all of eternity. He goes and fights uh, for us and pays the penalty uh, for us, and that's, how, um, that's where his kingdom begins, uh, on the cross. And he says that that's what he was born to do. That's what he came into the world to do. Yes. Yeah, that's, I, wasn't born to, I wasn't born to be a teacher. He doesn't say that. I'm not born to be a teacher. I'm not born to be a rabbi. I'm born to be a king that will save the world from their sins. That's my business. That's my job. So anybody who thinks that I'm just a moral teacher or, or just a good guy has no idea. I am God, and I am Savior, and, uh, and I'm, I'm offering you terms of peace with God if you come, come to him through me. Amazing. Sam Key, pastor of North Suburban Church, Illinois, and author of Soul Tattoo, a book that explores how we all have a tattoo, every one of us, and it was written on our heart by the Master. You can connect with Sam through his website, samuelkey.com. That's K-E-E. Light and Life, the Salvo's weekly radio show.